Welcome to A Well-Cared-For Human, the podcast that tries to convince you that you are 100% normal and an even better than okay example of the human species, despite the fact that sometimes we feel like the craziest, most incapable, or worthless creatures on the face of this planet. I'm Corey, an author, a creative, and the host of the show. Whatever you're bringing to the table today, I hope this episode proves to be a dose of inspiration for you on your quest to become a well-cared-for human. You can find the episode show notes, your free wellness blueprint, and more at awellcaredforhuman.com. And as always, thank you for listening. Hello, humans. It's your host, Corey, and today we're going to talk about resilience. Resilience is our ability to adapt and recover and bounce back from the hard stuff. Whether we're facing adversity or challenges or significant life changes, it's our capacity to withstand and navigate difficult or stressful times. And not just to survive those, but to emerge stronger, more capable, and more resourceful as a result. Now, people have called me resilient before, and usually it's something to the effect of, look at everything that happened to you and yet you didn't break. And this was very strange for me hearing it pretty early in my journey because I was thinking things like, listen, man, I don't know what you're talking about because I feel pretty broken. (laughs) I feel very broken. I mean, at my lowest, I was suicidal. I was bulimic. I was self-loathing. I absolutely hated myself. I was so depressed and anxious. I mean, that sounds like a broken person. That does not sound like resilience at all. And so I want to begin this conversation with a clear understanding that resilience does not mean you've never been broken. It does not mean you've never failed. It certainly does not mean that you're this unfazable superhuman. Resilience comes from using the tools you have to pick yourself up when something terrible happens, when you fall apart. Because unfortunately, failure is inevitable in life. Heartbreak is inevitable. Things happen to humans. (laughs) That is the definition of being human. Either someone we love gets sick and they die, or we lose our dream job, or we lose our money, or the love of our life cheats on us, or our best friend who we thought would always be there, they abandon us at a really crucial moment. I mean, this is human stuff. This is stuff that can happen. And so resilience is more about the combination of mental and emotional and psychological factors that help us to effectively cope with these setbacks, overcome these obstacles, and maintain a positive, joyful outlook in life no matter what has happened to us. It's not about trying to make ourselves so invincible and untouchable that we never experience a difficult moment again. It's more about learning how to respond in a constructive and adaptive way. And so, here are the traits that I cultivate in myself in order to increase my resilience. And these traits are in addition to the joy, which I talked about last week, because if you're a very joyful person, you will also be a very resilient person. Your joy will feed your resilience. So if you haven't listened to that episode on joy, please go back and listen to it or re-listen to it. Because again, the presence of joy in your life and your mind will definitely help you to be more resilient. And all of the toolbox tools that I've been going over every episode from the beginning, (laughs) in addition to those first earlier episodes that were concentrated on the ideas, meditation, journaling, affirming, therapy, exercise, and if you can believe it, sleeping and other bits of self-care, these are all things that will help you to cultivate and practice resilience in your life. 
But in addition to those basics, there are other things that you can do to help you to develop your resilience. And the first thing I would suggest is to develop your self-awareness. When you gain a deeper understanding of your strengths, of your weaknesses, of your emotional patterns, you will be better able to recognize your reactions to stress, the things that challenge you, and it will help you to identify where you can learn to respond more effectively. So for example, I have a personal weakness that if someone insults my ability or my intelligence, I get really hurt. It feels especially hurtful, probably more than just the average person. And I understand that that comes from the past experiences I had with my father, who was very emotionally and mentally abusive. So I think I've told you the story about how when I was trying to learn how to drive a car and I had never driven before, and he says, put it in reverse, you know, back up. And I said, I don't know how. And then he starts screaming at me just because I asked that question. And so that's just one small example of how anytime I would be unsure about something or I would try to express that I don't know how to do something, any kind of expression of vulnerability, basically, it was always met with a barrage of verbal abuse. And so as a result of that, I learned how to be a hyper capable person. So in any situation, I always strive to be the most capable person in the room. (laughs) (laughs) And that comes from that old programming, that old wounding that I'm not allowed to be incapable or terrible things will happen to me, right? That was the conditioning. And so if I am in a situation and someone tries to question my capability or insult me in some way, I get more upset than the average person would in that situation because of my background. And so whoever you are, whatever your past experience is, you're going to have little things like that in your emotional landscape that tell you not just about your experiences and who you are, but also that's your key to understanding where you get hung up, what stresses you out, what challenges you. And that will make you more resilient if something like that comes up. So for example, if something comes up that kind of questions my capability, instead of freaking out because I now have that self-awareness, I can say, okay, look, I know this is a trigger for me. Don't panic. You know, we're going to play this cool. (laughs) We're going to be cool here. And that kind of self-possession, that self-awareness, that is part of resilience. So it really will benefit you to be kind of aware of things that have really hurt you in the past, maybe unhealed wounds that you're still dealing with, that you're still working through. And also just beneficial in the sense that you'll be aware that you're suffering. I can't tell you how many people are so disconnected with their emotions or their minds that when they're really struggling... It takes them quite a while to figure out that they're really struggling. Developing that self-awareness will also help you to bring yourself back into balance and to be like, okay, I need to do something about this. What am I going to do? So self-awareness definitely serves our resilience, but also building a strong support network can improve resilience. So again, if you're like me and you're coming out of a difficult situation, it's very possible that you have no support network to start with, and that's okay. If that's where you've got to start, so be it. When I left everyone behind because I wanted a better life for myself, I didn't have anybody. There were no supportive, caring individuals who were rooting for me. Maybe like one or two, but now they were so far away, right? So I had no one in this new life that I was building 500 miles away from the toxic environment that I was in. And so if you've got no one, it's okay. But what you're looking to build, or if you already have a community, what you're looking to draw from, 
are the positive relationships, the caring and supportive community that you have around you. Relying on the encouragement of other people, on the perspectives of those people during difficult times, they will help you to feel stronger. They will help you to feel more cared for. And so it's important to have that strong support network in your life if possible. If the people in your life love you, and care about you, you can absolutely tell them that you're struggling. You can absolutely tell them, I'm not okay. I need help with this. How do I get through this? What can we do? And they will be there to support you. And it took me a long time to realize that that's what a good relationship looked like. So if you are listening to this and you're thinking, I don't have anyone in my life like that, then what that does is that identifies for you a need. You can invest time and energy to making relationships like that. Go out there and find people who you're going to connect with, who will appreciate you and cherish you for who you are. You can give time, attention, and priority to that if you feel that that's something that's lacking in your life. But in addition to the positive relationships, there's also positive thinking. And I don't mean just barraging yourself with, nothing's wrong, everything is so great, there are no problems whatsoever in my life. (laughs) I'm not saying that. I don't mean false positive thinking. I mean having a positive mindset that focuses on gratitude, on optimism in the sense of hoping for the best, of believing that maybe luck will swing in your favor, challenging your negative thoughts and making sure they don't take root inside your mind, they don't make your situation worse, they don't bring you down, that you can work to reframe them. If something is really hard, you can reframe it into a more positive and empowering perspective. Whatever you've got to do to foster that sense of hope and belief in yourself and your ability to overcome your challenges, that will serve you. That will serve your resilience. So again, it's not about being fake and being like, oh my god, nothing is wrong. (laughs) You can be realistic, but optimism does help. And instead of being like, this is never going to get better. This is going to be the worst thing ever. I'm in so much pain and I'm going to be in pain forever. You can tell yourself different things. You can write a different story. You can say, you know what? Actually, I think things are going to work out. It's really hard right now, but it can't possibly last forever. I'm going to figure out what I need to do. Just talk to yourself the way you would talk to a really good friend who you care about if they were going through something really hard. And it might also help you to move forward by thinking of realistic goals that you can do that you could break down into manageable steps to help you move through something. Because sometimes the resilience that we're building is in direct correlation to overwhelm. So we're feeling very overwhelmed by something, very consumed by something. And it requires us to find ways to get out of that situation of overwhelm. And so the problem there is usually we don't have the motivation to do that. We're not seeing the progress that we want to see. The ability to identify what needs to be done, to make small manageable steps in that direction. Do not be like me (laughs) and tell yourself that you have to do everything overnight perfectly or it does not count. That does not help anyone's resilience, I tell you. With complete awareness of my own flaws, that will not serve you in any way. So. Baby steps are still a great way to get out of a bad situation, to develop your resilience to difficulties. And also it gives you a chance to develop your problem-solving skills, right? So if you're in really challenging situations, you have to do the very human thing of figuring out how to get out of it. And problem-solving abilities usually are a mixture of proactivity and self-awareness. And so breaking down your challenges into smaller manageable steps, again, kind of like what we were just talking about, thinking about different things that you could try, being creative, 
and of course taking action to change the circumstances. But again, most importantly, it's about this idea of having a positive mindset. So if you're expecting to fail, you'll fail. If you're expecting to succeed or to figure it out, then you'll figure it out. And so it helps to look at it from that mindset of, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to try something now. And maybe the thing I'm about to try won't work, but I will figure this out. I don't care how many times I have to try something. I will absolutely solve this problem. And you have to keep being dogged about it in that sense. That's definitely a component of resilience. And it also helps if you've been keeping up on your self-care. So prioritizing your self-care activities, doing the things that you need to feel emotionally and physically, mentally well, whether that's your exercise, your healthy eating, sleeping, uh, relaxing, doing your hobbies, therapy, counseling, whatever it is, it's really hard to pour from an empty cup. If you do not feel like you yourself have any energy or will to draw from, how are you going to be resilient? Like, where are you going to find the strength and the motivation to be resilient? And let me tell you, as someone who has often had to, quote, dig deep, (laughs) I've had to dig deep inside myself to find the will to do things, that is not optimal. It is not optimal to live like that. It creates a lot of bad habits. It makes more work for yourself later because we cannot live in survivor mode all the time. And so I do not praise that or glorify that at all. Digging deep is necessary sometimes, but it's much easier if you just have your cup full and you can pour from your cup and give yourself more of what you need in difficult times where you need more. So keeping up with the self-care. I've also found it really helpful to find ways to nurture my flexibility, my adaptability. And that again is a mindset shift, recognizing that life is full of uncertainties, that it never necessarily goes the way we think it will. Did I think that my mother would be murdered in 2020? I did not. Things like that in life will surprise us. Hopefully, good things. I also didn't expect to meet my beautiful, loving wife and to have an amazing marriage and now to be 13, 14 years in and we're so happy together. Also didn't expect that. So I don't want you to get the (laughs) impression that I'm talking about just bad things. But also, we don't expect good things. And so this idea that you don't know what's coming and that's okay. That's what makes life exciting and adventurous. And being flexible, being willing to adjust your plans, your vision for life, your expectations, when your circumstances change, that will make you more resilient. Also being adaptable to things that come up that you didn't expect, that will also help with resilience. But it's about having that mindset that no matter what changes, I will be okay. You know, I will figure this out. I can do this. I have solved worse problems than this one that I'm dealing with right now. Or even the reverse of that, here is this amazing thing. Thank you so much, universe. I am so glad that I get to experience this thing that I had never planned for myself. This is amazing. Cultivating that joyful aspect of our mindsets too, that will definitely also help with resilience. And if you don't have a great sense of self-compassion for yourself, I would definitely encourage you to start developing self-compassion for yourself. And I should probably have a whole episode on self-compassion, breaking down exactly what that is and how to cultivate that. And so if that is something that interests you, you can reply to the show and let me know. Yes, please tell me what self-compassion is (laughs) and how to do it. Because I feel like self-compassion is kind of like a vague term that people use. But it's essentially affection for yourself, tenderness for yourself, kindness for yourself. The way you treat yourself is really important. And it's not just how you treat yourself. That is definitely self-compassion, but it's also how you view yourself, 
how you understand yourself. I had a different view of my life after I learned all the things I learned about my mother. So if you've listened to the Who Killed My Mother podcast, you know that her death and learning the things that I learned about her family, that really changed the way I viewed myself. And from that, I was able to develop a lot of self-compassion because I just saw my life differently. I saw myself differently. And so we make up a lot of stories about ourselves in general. And it's hard to be resilient if your story is, you suck, you get everything wrong, why can't you do anything right, you're a terrible person. That beats you down. That really beats you down. And why would you be motivated to pull through or to improve your circumstances or to find better if that was your story? But if you rewrite the story, if you reframe it, and you look at yourself and you're like, you know what, I don't always get it right. That's true. But I am such a strong person, a brave person. I always work really hard on myself and on my circumstances. And I'm really proud of myself for that. If you can say something like that to yourself instead, the resilience would be so much easier because you would have that self-compassion for yourself. You would have that appreciation and affection for yourself about like, wow, you know, no matter what the circumstances are, I don't give up. And that's amazing. That's a great place to connect to your resilience from rather than telling yourself, I'm the worst thing that ever existed. (laughs) I never get anything right. There's a disconnect from your resilience. You're not going to be able to draw strength from your resilience if you think of yourself that way. And you can kind of help also to develop this sense of self-compassion by thinking about the past experiences that you've been through and how they've cultivated certain skills and strengths and strategies that you do. This will require a bit of self-awareness. So again, think about nurturing that through your journaling, through your meditation, and being more aware of what you've been through and how you did in those situations. That will also work to convince you that actually, you know what, you could probably survive anything. You are a pretty resilient person. And just having an appreciation of your resilience and everything that you've been through, that will also really help you. And so in short, basically, resilience is something that you cultivate over time. If you have joy in your life and if you have self-compassion, it will be a lot easier to cultivate that resilience. And really, it's just about believing in yourself and trusting in yourself. It's not about making your life perfect where nothing bad ever happens. I'm sorry to say, (laughs) when you signed up for your human meat suit, you got problems. Like, that came with the package. It was built into the hardware. And so I'm sorry to tell you, that will just be the human experience. One of the precepts from Buddhism that I like so much is, to be alive is to suffer. (laughs) And that's kind of the thing that I'm getting at here, is that the reason why we even need resilience is because If we are alive, we will experience at some point or another suffering. And the way we move through that suffering is with our resilience. And so joy, self-compassion, connecting with other people, appreciating things and loving things about ourselves, this will help us to be a more resilient person. And I absolutely want that for you. And that's it for today, dear human. As always, I hope you found this episode useful. And if you would like to write into the show today and ask for my thoughts on something that you're dealing with, I would love to hear from you through any of my social media or through my email, corey at coreyamshrum.com. Otherwise, I will be back next week with another episode of A Well-Cared-For Human. And until then, please take good care of you. This episode of A Well-Cared-For Human was written and produced by me, Corey Marie. The music was by Late Night Feeler and Esther Abrami. If you like what I'm doing here, please consider visiting my Patreon 
For as little as a dollar a month, you get early ad-free access to the episodes, as well as a monthly patrons-only Q&A, bonus videos, and more. Not to mention that your Patreon support lets me know that you find value in the show and want it to continue. You can find me on Patreon by visiting www.patreon.com forward slash Marie. If you can't support the show financially, that is okay. You can still subscribe to the show, leave a review of the show, and recommend the show to your friends, not just the neurotic ones. All of this helps so much. And as always, thank you for listening.